This is a tale too terrible. It was so terrible that it was plucked from a loose-leaf notebook that I discovered from Gregory Stetson. Gregory Stetson, I have made efforts to track this gentleman down, but he cannot be located. The notebook was discovered in a library. It was left on a table, and regrettably, there was no address. There was no phone number. There was no email address. But the tale has to be told. And when I last tried to tell you this tale, I began to talk to you about a surly gentleman named Dweezil Ness meeting an operative named Scrambled Sal Spinoza in San Francisco on November 19th, 2009. But I reached a point where I could not proceed any further. This may have had something to do with the egg salad sandwich I had for lunch, which was terrible and reminded me of the terrible nature of the story. Or perhaps it was my personal disposition, which, if I had to be honest, was also terrible at the time. But now that my mood has snaked into the sanguine, I feel that the time has come to continue as the good Charles Marlowe once said, I have as much memory as the average pilgrim in this valley, so you see I am not particularly fit to be a receptacle of confessions. But, dear listener, I shall try to be your receptacle. So, let us shift back into Dweezil Ness's headspace. Where was Spinoza? You arrived five minutes early or you were late. The door opened. Hi, I'm Eggs, said the operative. I like to sit with Eggs. Can we step inside? It's a little hot out here. Eggs? Do you have them? If you'll just let me in... Eggs? Do you like them? Been waiting. I'm here to deliver... Eggs? Because if you don't like them... What? What? You'll turn me into a frittata? Scrambled Sal Spinoza was one of the most eccentric social intelligence agents working the West Coast. In part because Spinoza wasn't entirely aware that he was collecting information... Or was he? You had to be careful. He could easily take offense if you offered a snarky remark. Dweezil resented his last crack. The tell of a failed writer. The kind of desperate guy you'd see trying to rub shoulders with a midlister after a bookstore reading, a blogger, or a reading series curator, some balding podcaster, or aspiring novelist. Maybe that's who he really was. No. Fuck that. He was an operative. Hardly a greenhorn. Get that other guy out of my head and afford me some dignity. Spinoza rejoined with a frown. No deal, he said, closing the door. Wait! No deal, he said again, trying to close the door. Now, when a fractious fellow is sensitive to the heat, particularly the preternaturally heavenly lamp that zaps San Francisco in ten-minute intervals, he becomes motivated, highly motivated, to find a cool place. Now, with this truism in mind, Dweezil angled his foot into the doorway and wedged his suitcase into the crack, the door's crack, not the frittata quip, in case Spinoza wanted to crack a violent crack, not a verbal one, his heel. I like eggs, lied Dweezel. I don't believe you. Eggs, said Dweezel, his timbre evocative of an actor rejected from community theater production. Poached, over easy, sunny side up. Good sir, 
There are distinctions! Dweezel racked his brain, remembering a special breakfast dish whipped up by a comely conquest he had wooed to his old Mission District apartment. Have you ever had a rose a la Cubana? Eggs! Huevos! Not a rose! It's an egg dish. Then why is it called Huevos a las Cubanos? I don't name these things, others do. Anyway, it's a very special dish. You boil some white rice, you cook up some tomato sauce. What about the eggs? I'm getting to that. You fry a few eggs and you place all this on the top of the rice. And if you're feeling particularly adventurous, you can fry up a banana. You do like eggs! Spinoza smiled and reopened the door, causing Dweezil to lose his balance and fall into the building's vestibule. I like eggs, said Dweezil, dusting himself off. But we're going to need to sit and... What was the term? Cook the omelet, right? And if you let me inside... Dweezil hoped he had the recipe and the nomenclature right. He'd improvise if he had to. Nobody comes in, said Spinoza. Nobody? Nobody! Not even the cable guy? There's a clear line between the personal and the professional. Well, is there somewhere we can go to have some eggs? You really like eggs? Yes. Spinoza clapped his hands with the vivacity of a boy promised a second bowl of ice cream. Dweezel was unnerved by this adamantine ardor, but he had to admit that Spinoza had an undeniably infectious enthusiasm. I like eggs, but I really like eggnog. A prevarication. The last eggnog he'd imbibed was eight years ago, and it hadn't agreed with him. He was in bed for a whole day. He hated the shit. You're a month away from eggnog, said Spinoza. It keeps me up at nights. Eggs can do that to a man. Ain't that the fucking truth, amigo? You do have the payment. I do. So where do you want to do this? Someplace private. Follow me. They walked down to the street, heading down the sidewalk. The street inclined was so steep that the city had built stairs into the cement for out-of-shape pedestrians sometime during the 1970s. At the bottom of the hill, Dweezel saw the wispy woman walking up, the one from before, carrying several bags of groceries without breaking into a sweat. It's Mrs. Oldenburg, shrieked Spinoza, who ran down the steps to meet her, taking them sideways like Cary Grant. He proceeded to jump up and down, pointing at his neighbor with the zeal too often seen among Stephanie Meyer fans. Hi, Sal. Mrs. Oldenburg, do you have eggs, Mrs. Oldenburg? I do, Sal, all kinds. Oh, goody, shouted Spinoza. Remember, egg party on Saturday. I'll bring settlers of Catan, smiled Oldenburg. Along with the accessories, we'll need to recreate a few things. She winked at Spinoza. So Spinoza did let people into his apartment. Dweezel knew that wink very well. It was often practiced by adulterers checking into a Weston hotel. Perversity and an ability to read action units in a hummingbird's flutter. Two qualities that didn't always go together, but sometimes detected in artists. Not dissimilar from deductive observation, but more spontaneous and practical. You're the bestest, bestest neighbor in the whole wide world. We'd better get going, said Spinoza. Oldenburg glowered at Dweezel. Who the hell are you, she asked. I'm a friend, replied Dweezel. Jean Valjean. 
That isn't your name, said the woman. I drive a Yugo. Do you think I'm illiterate? You think I didn't see your accent? That isn't a Yugo? No, scowled Oldenburg. Then I will have a talk with the gentleman who rented me the car we met at the door. I know, she frowned. Johnny will be at the egg party, shouted Spinoza. You will come and join us, won't you? Egg party? I'm afraid that I may not make it after all, frowned Oldenburg. Why not? asked Spinoza. I have some work to finish. Sculpting? asked Dweezel, noticing some dried up muck on her jeans. Art of Mr. Valjean. Are you aware of it? I'm not much of a reader, replied Dweezel. Typically, continued Oldenburg, typically, art exists to make sense of the world around us, but my own art involves replicas, sometimes encaustic based, although there's this much younger woman in Coal Valley who is much better than me on that score, but that's not important. Coal Valley or the woman? If you'll only listen! Oldenburg set one of her bags onto the cement, more out of deference to Spinoza than with any effort to remedy her first impression of Dweezel. Anyway, narrator here, permit me to intrude. For the listener requiring hyper-specific data in order to recreate a moment within the mind, I should note that it took precisely 2.6 seconds for both Oldenburg to set down her bag and for Dweezel to infer conclusions from this action. So the peak came with the sound of a spaghetti sauce jar clinking through Oldenburg's eco-friendly canvas bag as it hit the cement. Now, this bag had been used a total of 31 times. Oldenburg had obtained it in June 2009, I think that's what the records here say, from an organic foods market, which I can't name in this narrative for legal and aesthetic reasons. And that market was forced to shutter its doors due to a hostile economic climate and its rapacious landlord asking for twice more rent each month. So it is quite likely that certain listeners will view such details as useless to this narrative. But the narrator answers to these doubting Thomases, uh, if any of you are indeed named Thomas, with the suggestion that you should probably look at the world around you. There are many ways to skin a cat. Some do it quickly. Some take their time. All methods are commensurate if the cat is ultimately skinned, if you catch my drift. Anyway, back to our story. Two things were immediately clear to Dweezel. One, Oldenburg would not be here very long. Two, Oldenburg required one arm free whenever talking about art, particularly her art, so that she might introduce the occasional flourish into the colloquy. You make replicas, asked Dweezel. What's the point in that? Obviously, you're not paying attention, continued Oldenburg. It's all been done. There's nothing new. I wouldn't be so foolish as to claim that art is dead, but these days it's all replicas, remixes, mashups, putting it into new context. That's where the real interest lies. But what about personal experience, asked Dweezel, feeling like a dopey undergraduate for the first time in years. Shouldn't art originate from that? Not unless you've knocked up your 12-year-old sister just after robbing your 11th liquor store. I'm sorry? Then you serve a 12-year prison sentence, and then you then knock up your 12-year-old daughter. What? While robbing your 12th liquor store. Dweezel was startled by the salty suggestions coming from Oldenburg. He peered at Spinoza, who wasn't hearing any of this. He was too busy burrowing through Oldenburg's grocery bag, hoping to find eggs. I don't have a sister. I didn't say that you did, and I've never robbed a liquor store. And that's why your personal experience is meaningless. My personal experience isn't meaningless. 
Well, that depends on your vantage point. Are you an egotistical man, Mr. Valjean? Wait, why should I even ask that? You'd have to be to call yourself Jean Valjean. Do you have a daughter, a surrogate daughter? My personal experience isn't meaningless, Miss, Miss, Mrs. Oldenburg. Whatever. And no, I don't have a daughter. I'm here to... You might call my work a series of homages, continued Oldenburg. That's what Art Forum suggested when they reviewed me. Dweezil remembered sending his novels to Book Forum, the sister magazine to that dreadfully snobbish outlet, eating his own postage costs because the publisher was too cheap to send along an ARC. Book Forum never reviewed his books, or mentioned his name, or asked him to write a review. The editor who ran the place was a sheltered pig, but at least he had the comfort of knowing that this editor would, like all humans, eventually die. I'm not much of a critic, replied Dweezel. Oh, I think you are, said Oldenburg. You have the mark of Cain. You were burned once. Why don't you read mine palm? You carry the width of androgyny. Miss Oldenburg, much as I appreciate the free fortune-telling, Oh, it's not gratis. Gratis? That's French for free. I know, but whatever it is, my good pal Sal and I have a lot to talk about, don't we, Sal? By now, Spinoza had extracted every item from Oldenburg's bag, placing the goods before the building as if Spinoza were planning an eccentric yard sale, or a consumerist Karen with bags of onions and cans of dog food filling in for 15-year-old toddler's apparel, or holy stones board games. Missing some of the pieces, but I'm sorry. That is all of this tale I have now to tell. Because, goddamn, it's too terrible to continue further. However, it shall be continued, terrible as it may be. Tune in next time for Tales Too Terrible.